We're doing it live. Here we go, everybody. It's me, Robin. How's everybody today? We're mid-January. My dad's birthday was January 12th. Let's all give him a round of applause. It's Jim O'Neill. We love that. Did you hear that guy? He goes, mm. That's right. That's Jim O'Neill for you. He had a good time. He went to a Japanese restaurant in Fort Worth that served French fries. And uh, he loved it. I mean, they did have Jap more traditional Japanese food also. But they were very excited about the French fries there. So I'm ready to hit that place up when I'm back in town. I love French fries, as you guys know. I love pickles. I made my own quickles this week. Quickles, quick pickles. Old family recipe. We've been doing it for years. They're good as a side. They're good on sandwiches. They're even good on tacos. They're great in, you know, green bowls, Buddha bowls, power bowls, whatever you call them. I'm back into my routine, guys. I'm sure you're very, I'm sure when you uh, tuned in, you were wondering, is Robin eating well? Is Robin going to sleep on time? I sort of am. I had a really nice epiphany about three mornings ago, and the world is a new place for me right now. Let's see how long this lasts. Do I seem like I change a lot? I think, I don't know if I change a lot. I just have a lot of um, goals. I have a lot of, I always, 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 always want to get better. But what we need to work at is accepting ourselves for who we are right now. Isn't that right? I'm sure Oprah's told you that. I'm sure Tony Robbins would say it. I'm sure even Richard Rohr would say it. We had some other Richard Rohr fans when I brought him up the other day. I can't remember my list of heroes, but he was one of them. And I didn't know I had other Richard Rohr fans out there. I knew I had a few, but I didn't know I had as many as uh, I thought I did. For any 12-step people out there, Richard Rohr also wrote a really, really beautiful book on... Um, the 12 steps. Uh, I don't know how, God, what is the name? I can't remember the concept of this book, but it's really good. One. Let, let's just type it in. Let's do, this is Google search corner. Richard Rohr. Do you guys all use Google or is there a better search engine? I don't know. Until I do things like this, I never know. I'm like, you know what? Everybody out there seems to know everything. So many more things. There we go. Breathing Underwater, Spirituality and the 12 Steps. Very, very, very good book. Or if you're just curious. 12, even before I was in a 12-step program, I thought I was so curious about them. I worked at a library, and there was this older couple who I became kind of friends with. They were so fascinating. They were from Montana, and I was living in Texas. And I'll never forget that they just invited me to an open AA meeting and I did not hesitate. I went, you know, just knowing that it had something to do with alcoholics. I had, and I was, God, 18 maybe. And it was such a moving experience. And there was um, a man there. Oh my God, this is crazy. I haven't thought of this in a long time. Who I met, don't remember his name. Doesn't matter. Uh, but he was, again, much older than me. These were all, you know, like my parents' age. And he said he also went to the same school that I went to. And he knew, and I told him I worked in the library. And he's like, oh, yeah, I, I, he did something in the library like once a week or something. And so next time 
that rolled around. He was there and I saw him and he waved at me and we met, there was this tunnel back in the day in this area, like leading up. So we were both arriving around the same time and he came up and he gave me my first Shambhala book that I've read on the podcast so many times, the little mini, the path to the warrior path of the warrior. What is that? God, I don't know anything right now, but that, okay, hold on. Shambhala path of the, yeah, path of the warrior. He gave me the mini edition of that book. And I don't know why. I don't know what I said that prompted anything in him. But he gave that to me. And that book ended up really saving me around that time. My anxiety, without really anybody calling me out on anxiety, I was having anxiety. And this was before, I mean, you know, people now, we talk about anxiety like it's an epidemic because it is, but in the 90s, that was not the case. You just thought you were a maniac, basically. And so, or at least in my world, you know, my parents didn't like look at me in high school and be like, we're really concerned about your anxiety. No, they're just like, God, why do you worry so much? (laughs) Which, is that the same thing? I don't know. It was a lot of, God, stop worrying. Everything's going to be fine just sort of frustration with it. Um, yeah. Anyway, I get it. I, I, I don't, I don't know. Anyway, the book Shambhala path of the warrior, go ahead and do a search in me reading stuff's archives and you'll be able to find my readings of it. I had, um, I had a very emotional response to it. He also gave me, did he? God, now I'm getting really confused. Because now I don't know if he gave me that one or another mini edition of a Paramahansa Yogananda book. I'm flipping, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of conflating two gifts. One from my friend Brandon and one from this mystery man. Either way, they both changed my life. So thank you to Brandon and thank you to mystery man at the library in 1995. And to the two saints who brought me to the AA meeting. But again, I, I didn't drink. You guys know, I think. I, have, I didn't drink until I was of age. My parents, and even then I didn't want to. My parents made me. I was like, oh, God. And they're like, you're so annoying. Like, just drink. <laughs> again, it was, they told me to drink because I was so stressed out all the time. Uh, so it wasn't like I needed to go to AA for that, but you know, the uh, spiritual aspects of it and the self-discovery and self-improvement aspects I was all about. So anyway, sorry for conflating many stories, not that it matters to you, but long story short, I was given little mini books that helped me out a lot. And they were, they were, it was just so, yeah. I think about it all the time. You don't know when you give somebody a book if it'll do anything. A lot of times it just sits on the shelf and goes to Goodwill or goes to the cute little library on the corner of your street or whatever. And other times, man, that's why I always risk it. If I think, God, something's telling me to give this person this book, just give it to them. It's been a long week. I've been out of my studio. I've been kicked out of my studio because there were toxic fumes in here for the last few days. I don't, I realized many things when I built this studio, real smart planning here, didn't build a double door, didn't build a garage door, just have a regular ass door. And I make massive drawings that can't get out of the door. So problem number one, right there. Problem number two, there's no ventilation, not even a window. There's a door, there's a window that doesn't open, but there's no ventilation. So 
when I used this, you know, spray to fix my graphite onto my drawing before I do something, I, I, I'm moving it around today, later tonight. Um, you know, I knew this ahead of time because I sprayed something very small not long ago and realized, holy shit, it stayed in the studio for three days. And it was uh, about eight inches by 20 inches of a scrap. I was like, okay, I'm about to, I don't know how big this drawing is. Let's say uh, 14 feet by 18 feet or something. I don't know the exact dimensions. And um, I got to spray the whole thing. So you can imagine. So I opened the one door. I put every fan we own in the room and directed it towards the door and just kept it open for all these days. I closed it off at night, but um, anyway, it's finally, just now, in the last hour, I'm okay and I can be in here again, so that's good. But God, it was insane. So, But it was, you know what, I gotta be honest with you. Being kicked out of my studio by myself and by toxins was so awesome. Do you hear me? I can breathe. I can breathe because I took a break, a significant break. Um, really, I think I was only out of here for a day now that I think about it. Maybe maybe two days, a little under two days, but God, it felt good. So what I did, I set up shop in my yarn room and tried to catch up on things like taxes, boring things. Once I catch up on the boring things, now I get to catch up on correspondence and sending Instagram videos to friends and saying hello to people and writing postcards and all that other stuff. But it was really cute because my yarn room's like my second studio for all my yarn work and for the shop and all of that, which reopens again in April, by the way. And uh, it was just... I don't know. I, I never spend enough time up there. And I've realized how out of whack I've been, you know, just drawing is bad news, man. And a part of my epiphany, it's a long story. It's actually very kind of, it's sacred to me what my epiphany was about. But it was about, it, it came in the vision of something for my show in New York, but it ended up being way more about me and sleep and rest and caring for myself and being nice to myself. So I'd love to share it with you, but I'm not going to because something, some instinct inside me says boundaries, Robin. This is not for everybody. And, it, you know, it is one of those things where it's got some mystical qualities to it. it. Probably it would be easy to make fun of. Some of the most incredible thought is easy to make fun of, by the way. I've recognized that. And some of the coolest shit in the world is easy to make fun of. And I choose to not share some of that. I do share other other things like that, but no, no, not, none of this. This is too big. What I'm hoping is that I'm not being hyperbolic and that, because I'm feeling like it's a big shift. And I'll be honest, I woke up happy yesterday and today. Woke up very happy and ready to take on the day. Then I went to the dentist. Oh my God, I finally remembered while I was in the dentist's office to ask everybody there, have you ever talked to a forensic dentist or has a detective ever come here to talk to you to get records for a murder case? I always mean, because anytime that happens in something I'm reading or watching about true crime, I'm like, ooh, you know, I can't believe that I see dentists all the time and they never talk about this or I never see a detective waltzing in asking to pull records. So I asked three people. They said, all three of them said, one of them, They've been doing this for 26 years, the other one 15, the other one 12. Never, ever have they gotten to experience that. 
So that was the big disappointment of my life this week. Uh, the other one was, speaking of murder, Robert Durst died, everybody. Robert Durst died. Have you seen the jinx? If you haven't seen the jinx, will you do me a favor and watch the jinx on HBO? <clears throat> um, Jarecki, the director, who also did Capturing the Freedmans, he just has this like magical touch where people reveal insane things when he's recording. But anyway, Robert Durst, horrible man, but one of my favorite, one of my, one of my favorite people, <laughs> period. Robert Durst is so funny to listen to talk, isn't he? There was a new program, maybe on Oxygen or something, that came out about him with all the updates from the trial last year. And um, if you don't know who Robert Durst is, I just keep assuming everybody does. But he was accused of three different murders and convicted for two, at least one, went to trial for the other one. Um... He's a very wealthy, from a wealthy real estate mogul family in New York. It's just nonstop. Lifetime did a movie about him. I don't know where to begin. The Jinx is a documentary series that probably the best out there when it comes to true crime because Robert Durst is such an insane person and so funny to listen to. I don't know, you guys. I, is it wrong that he's on that slideshow thing that I have on in my um, living room on my TV when it's when it's inactive? A slideshow comes on of all my favorite people and Robert Durst is on there. Is that wrong? Because if so, I'm not going to apologize. Because just because I am entertained by him and think he's hilarious doesn't mean I don't think he's a horrible human being and a despicable human being. And he deserved to be in prison especially late in the life. Like normally it's so sad to see old people in prison and he's so old. He was so old and sick. So see, and he's already frail and little and weird looking. And then all of a sudden he's in a prison uniform and he's barely alive and he's got a weird face mask on, but he deserved to be there. So I'm happy. I mean, he should have been put away a long time ago, but God, I can't, I can't lie. I was sad. I was sad to hear he died. Um, and Bob Saget dying. I mean, this is just, I can't, I can't take all the deaths that we've had lately, right? All right, you guys, let's read something. I'm going to be reading from a book I found for $1 at a used bookstore not long ago. Picked it up because I liked the cover. It's just black and white, very graphic, just white background, black words and numbers. It's called... Tuesday, November 19th, 1968, by Robert Creeley. Robert Creeley, famous American poet. He once was a chicken farmer, and he died of pneumonia. He lived to be, I think, 78. Uh, friends with Allen Ginsberg. Don't know that much about him, and I can't lie, I haven't read much by him. But this book, which also, P.S., he wrote, I think, 70 books or something like that. So, um... This one was, uh, I think, published, yeah, 72, published in 72 uh, by Charles Scribner's Sons, and it is probably going to be hard to find. So I will put a link in the description for what this book is if you do want to search it out. I've noticed a lot of them seem to be expensive when I looked it up. So hopefully you can find one for a dollar like I did. But you got to get out there. you got to go to your independent bookstores 
independent used bookstores, even better. No, that's not even better. They're both, they're all good. The first half of the book, so I've been really interested in, I don't want to say journals, maybe like, um, maybe alternatives to writing journals. This is, the subtitle to this book is a day book. Um, and this was a perfect one that just fell in my lap. I'll, I'll be reading from a few more as the months wear on here. I'm reading another one right now, but you know, the atypical version of taking down your daily activities. I love, I love the thought of that. I wish to God I did it. I've done it in the past and I'm not doing it now, but I did just buy a new mini notebook to keep on me to try to do, even if it's just one sentence a day. <clears throat> and this one, the first half, maybe three-fourths of the book is, you know what? I did find a way somebody described it better. Okay. Da, 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 da. The first half of a day book is a prose record of Creeley's day-to-day -day experience. This section, based on family life, gives the volume its apt title. The second half is a sequence of poems inspired by travel and called, quote, in London. So yeah, it's, it's a, it, there are kind of journal entries, but then the poetry is also sort of a journal entry. They don't all have the dates on them, but some of them do. I'm gonna be reading you from the first section and I, I, yeah, I just like it. They're just snippets of a real life. And so you get an idea of something, but there's so much left unsaid. And it's all, it's all very dreamy, this book is. So here I go. Oh, before I forget, there's also, even though this is a day book and a journal of sorts, there's not really entries that say, you know, Monday, December 6th or whatever. It's just all run together. That's the other thing I really like about it. So I'm just like kind of starting mid-page, mid-book. Going to sleep, waking up, moving. Waking with stomach ache, sudden premonition of death, probably echo of the past weeks and fear of one's own time. What would it be like? Nothing much, certainly nothing you can live in. Aunt's apparent tiredness, doctor's sense. She didn't want to try to continue living better she knew what she didn't want to do anymore arrangements within self rapport with the surroundings keep it moving can thinking be prior to action is an action etc never felt one would or could think of something previous to its circumstances and or recognition couldn't somehow get ahead of it always in situation of seeing it now that it's there go to sleep different situation Time to go, go to, sleep. Time to, wake up. No time, moving along. No sense of it, no concern. Time enough. But she got caught in it, whoever she was. Get it over with. Can't wait for this to happen forever. Nor need you. Relax and die. Be born. Be born. How to get somewhere without trying and where is somewhere, etc. In airport in Denver, lined up with people about eight in the evening to take plane to Salt Lake. Our category is clear enough. We are going somewhere for various reasons, in various conditions of age, income, etc., in various experience, but all, or genetically all, with ears, eyes, nose, and throat, etc., tired of dying, wanted only a trace, a sense of deer tracks or rabbit out there in the snow, sentimental, thoughtful of feeling, 
Welcome, stranger. Come in the door with bag in hand, smiling. Anyone, anywhere. My aunt, goodbye, also John. She had written a poem for George Washington's birthday for the paper. Would have been printed two days after. She had that thing to do. Wow, I really like that. I'll give you a hint of the poetry, too. Here's a short one called You. Back and forth across time. Lots of things one needs one's hand held for. Don't stumble in the dark. Keep walking. This is life. There we go. This book is so old, but also it feels like it's never been cracked open until I got it, which made me sad. And also, the little sticker on it from when it was first sold somewhere is more like one of those cloth stickers that feel almost like a band-aid and i don't know why it says i-3 on it anyway it was originally three dollars and 95 cents there you go first edition maybe this is worth some money but i'm not getting rid of it i hope you guys like that robert creeley tuesday the 19th november 1968 my studio smells weird. I'm going to be honest with you. It's not toxic. It's, um, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this, but the earth in this region of Washington smells, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I like it. It's a clay, it's a clay-based soil apparently. And it really, when I haven't been in here in a while, I walk in and I just don't love it. I have this new cone incense that is Palo Santo scented. Or it's Palo Santo pieces, I guess, chunk, chunked up somehow. I hate the word chunk, and I just used it so willy-nilly, like it was just no big thing. Anyway, I think that helped. I, I lit that right before I started recording. Anyway, why do you, you guys don't care? What, what's, what, what am I telling you that for? I don't think I have anything to let you guys know about. Just want to remind you, I do have my show coming up in New York with this big drawing and lots of other ones. It's called American Animals at Susan Inglet Gallery. It'll open April 28th. I'll be there. You'll be there. We'll all be there. It's going to be amazing. Um, <laughs> I'm very excited about it. I'm very excited to get done with it, to be honest with you. I'm on that stage of working where it's like, am I really still doing this? Uh, I'm rubbing my eyeballs. Oh, I got a sty this week. Can you believe it? A sty in my eye. Haven't had one of those, maybe ever. I know what they are. But when Damien told me, I think that might be a sty, I freaked out because I thought that styes were caused by getting feces in your eyeballs, which I guess that's not true, thank God. Because I promise you guys, I've never had feces in my eyeballs. Although my friend Randy told me that midstream urine, that's a quote, midstream urine, put on a Q-tip, put it on your eye, your sty, it'll go away right away. I'm not going to try it. He's like, or you could go and there's this medication called sty at the drugstore. And I'm going, yeah, dude, that's what I'm going to do is go get that medication. <laughs> the last thing I want to do is stick a Q-tip under my midstream urine. Anyway. Enough of that. You guys, I hope all is well. I hope you're getting things done that you want to get done. I hope this evening, if you're listening this evening, I hope you're doing something nice for yourself, relaxing, watching something awesome, watching the jinx, 
um, eating a nice dessert. Maybe you've got some leftover chocolates from the holidays. Maybe you made a cake. Maybe you're a baker. Maybe you made something amazing. Um, what are you reading? I'd love to hear what you guys are reading right now. Thank you for telling me about your moms. Do you wear glasses? Are you in your mid-40s and your eyes failing you? Mine are. Worse every day. It's getting worse every day. Do you like incense or do you hate it? I have friends who love it. I have friends who hate it. Do you like berries? Do you keep frozen berries in your freezer? I do. Do you keep frozen peas around at all times? I do. Do you always have rice available in your cabinet? I do. And quinoa. I have brown, white, and quinoa. Do you have a rice cooker? I do. Do you have an egg cooker? A little hard-boiled egg cooker that I recommended to you guys? If not, get it. I love you guys. We shall find peace. We shall hear angels. We shall see the sky sparkling with diamonds. That's Chekhov. I'm Robin. I love you guys. Good night.